The Indian Space Program began on November 21, 1963 with the launch of the Nike Apache rocket from Tumba. The launch was an international effort under the United Nations. The rocket came from the US, the sodium vapor payload from France, and the range clearance from an MI-4 helicopter from the then Soviet Union. The rocket and payload engineers were Indians. We have come a long way since. Today, India's space program has reached coveted heights under the leadership of the Indian Space Research Organization. With Chandrayaan-3, we have become the first nation to land on Moon's South Pole. With Gaganyaan, we are navigating new heights in human spaceflight capability. And with Aditya L1, we are navigating the mysteries of the sun. Hi, you're listening to On Manorama's Explainer podcast, Newsbreak, a weekly show that breaks down news in a clutter-free manner. This is Harita Benjamin, and today's episode is dedicated to the 60 years of the Indian space program. Today we have with us Dr. V.R. Lalitampiga, distinguished scientist and former director of the Directorate of Human Spaceflight Program at the ISRO. A specialist in advanced launched vehicle technology, Dr. Lalitampiga has worked extensively on various ISRO rockets, particularly the PSLV. She has also led the space agency's prestigious project, the Gaganyaan mission. She was recently conferred with the top French civilian honor of Chevalier de la Ligue d'Honneur. So, congratulations, Dr. Lalitampiga. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Harita. I look forward to our conversation. All right. So uh, it's been 60 years since the launch of uh, Indian Space Program in 1963. And around the same time you were also taking your baby steps a few miles away from Tumba, right? And uh, you have joined VSSC around 25 years later and also became a part of ISRO thereafter. Now, if you are to look back, what do you think of the growth of uh, Indian Space Program and what has it achieved so far? as you rightly put it i also grew up along with the indian space program initially we were just launching sounding rockets we didn't have our own space infrastructure at that point of time but over the years slowly we have built up our launch vehicle capability from the pslv to the gslv mark 3 which is a really a heavy lift launch vehicle and we have achieved our founding father Dr. Vikram Sarabhai's vision to benefit space for the common man, and we have moved beyond that. So now we have a wide variety of missions, both the scientific missions, the space exploration missions, and a wide variety of applications. And we have the launch infrastructure, which is uh, there at Sri Hari Kota, and we also have a large number of space assets which we are maintaining. Right. and in addition to all this we are able to carry out launches for other countries as well so definitely the indian space program has reached a, a level of maturity and there are now a lot of press who are also coming in and uh, this is going to become even more vibrant in the years to come right uh, so i know this is going to be a difficult question but if you were to pick a favorite moment in india space history what would it be and why you are right it is definitely a difficult question 
probably one would be uh, remembering or uh, the most memorable instance would be where one is directly associated with so i will pick two such uh, very challenging uh, events the first one which i would say is the first launch of the gslv mark 3 now it's called the lvm3 so that is our heavy lift launch vehicle which i was mentioning at that time the cryogenic stage was uh, in just getting developed so we had the first experimental mission it was called an lvm3 x mission where we had the first two stages and on top we had another mission that was the crew module reentry experiment and it was called a care mission so that was also a precursor to the human space program so it was a it was a resounding success and it gave so much of satisfaction to all of us who were involved both the matri part and also the care mission where the module was brought down and it uh, splashed down safely in the ocean and gave us a lot of confidence on the external uh, characteristics and the thermal characteristics of the crew module which uh, definitely that experience has come in very useful later on i would also like to mention a different class of launch vehicles that is the reusable launch vehicle the shape is like an like an aeroplane okay. so we had a we had a demonstrator and this is really a technology for the future and that also was a great success where the control is done through the aerodynamic surfaces as in an aircraft these are the two ones which i can pick <laughs> out right now right so i mean obviously there are also perks and you know there are also disappointments right uh, so in your long career if you were to uh, you know pick out an upsetting or disappointing moment then what would it be so the first thing i would like to say is that as a scientist you know uh, even something which uh, is is upsetting or disappointing that those emotions are uh, very momentary we immediately right. look at it as a great challenge Right. So definitely, those are the moments where we had the failures, hmm. starting from the first PSLV failure. Then we have had in GSLV. Then we had in Chandrayaan two. So there right. are moments which are very uh, potentially very upsetting. But generally, as scientists and as engineers, what we focus on is uh, what could have gone wrong, why it has gone wrong, how do we rectify it. how do we ensure that it never happens again so we look at it as a huge learning experience and we emotionally distance ourselves from these feelings while we go ahead and do what needs to be done i think that's something a message which we should take in life as well you know everything should be a stepping stone even mistakes right so uh, so nice of you to take it that way ma'am <laughs> anyway uh, so moving on uh, another aspect which has been highlighted by the western media and other space agencies like the nasa for instance is that uh, our top notch space programs are always executed with a limited budget so uh, did you ever feel that you know the budget constraint is holding back when it comes to innovation uh, or has it motivated you to become more innovative see harita we are a developing country Correct. and when yeah. our program was starting out i would say we were just becoming a developing country now <laughs> okay. we are much better so we have always been conscious that we are using our taxpayers money and the yeah. taxpayer has to get the maximum benefit out of the money which is given to us so the Correct. money which is given to us is within the constraints in the country Correct. so it has always uh, 
I would say it has pushed us to become more and more innovative and frugal engineering, all those terms you hear. Yes. So we have learned to make optimal use of whatever resources we have. Right. So uh, you were you just mentioned that you were an integral part of PSLV and it is one of the you know most uh, wonderful moments which you had in your career. So uh, could you share your experience working with the same and you know from the 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 first uh, the problematic launch uh, to the successful missions which came and uh, could you probably you know share your experience uh, about the PSLV experience? Certainly. Yeah. When I joined in 1988, the PSLV, the overall structure of the vehicle was finalized. So okay. it would have two solid stages, it would have two liquid stages, and it would have strap-ons. Strap All that was finalized. Correct. Uh, but I had specialized in control design, and uh, we had a small team working on the control design of the uh, that's the autopilot design it's called of the PSLV and the okay. PSLV vehicle is very different from the earlier one which came which was the ASL which is an all, all solid rocket right so there were challenges in understanding the system in modeling it and then evolving what works for uh, this system and we had also one of the disappointments which you are mentioning which actually was a great learning experience in the first launch of the PSLV which happened in 1993 Right. So there was a failure and uh, that was traced to the onboard software and that software happened to be the software corresponding to the control system. Mm. And uh, we learned such a lot from that. The importance of software testing by itself. And it was not just the failure. It didn't happen right in the beginning. It was after the second stage. And right. we saw there were other anomalies in the other, even in the second stage would not have caused mission failure. But definitely the modeling uh, uh, knowledge which we had, that also got really augmented by this. We built up an entire system to make sure that there would not be any such failures for the PSLV. And the very next year, we came back with a 100% successful launch. And uh, since then, PSLV has not looked back. It's called the workhorse of ISRO. Right. And uh, then it was a really a stepping stone to the the higher lift capability launch vehicles and it continues to be there very much in our uh, arena of launch vehicles right so now let's talk about gaganyan uh, how far ahead is the project now and you've been an integral part of it since the beginning right so uh, when can we expect to see its completion could you elaborate a bit on the project uh, i will i will just tell you see that uh, this is a program it's a national program it's a it's a, not just isro's program it's a national right. program it's being undertaken by our country for the first time we have had no experience of uh, have taking a human being to space and then uh, maintaining him or her there safely and bringing them back to earth we didn't yes. we don't have an experience okay. so we need we need to uh, that knowledge it's a gap in our knowledge so that's what we are trying to achieve with Gaginian, but uh, since humans are involved, uh, there are so many new things which we need to learn. We need to have human-centric products. We need to make sure that safety, anyway, we have the mission reliability, but this is a safety-critical mission. Right. It's not the objective of attaining a particular orbit. It is to make sure the humans are always safe. So right. there are robot capabilities which are built in. So all these need to be tested. And I'm sure that you would have yourself seen in the newspapers that there are 
there have been a series of tests the parachutes have been tested to certain extent then the abort system one test was there all this you would have seen we had a test for right. tvd and there are a series of such tests in the offing which will give us the confidence to go ahead and even once we have that confidence what we would do would not be to send the human beings straight away we would be sending uncrewed vehicles which would be fully instrumented and which, which will also carry the scientific payloads keeping in mind not to waste a single rupee of the taxpayers money even those launches have to have further objectives not okay. just to give confidence okay so so that will that will happen and that is slated for this coming year okay. and uh, if once that is 100% okay you know then you get the conference and then uh, you well, go ahead with the human launch so uh, in That's 2024 all. we are expecting uh, the final tests to happen and maybe uh, the next next year we could uh, see the human uh, element coming in yeah. yes right now right now i have superannuated from isro but yeah. uh, just we, we i think this has come even in the newspapers that we are planning to have the first uncrewed mission in the first half of uh, next year and next uh, depending year. on its success depending on its success the others the others will follow. follow okay all right success, yes okay uh, so uh, to wind up i have two questions one is uh, the scientist who has inspired you the most uh, in all these years because uh, uh, you know it's it's difficult because you've been a part of the entire process and you know you might have come across a, a great many scientists in different fields so if you were to choose one person who has inspired you uh, in india or elsewhere uh, who would it be Actually, it's not a difficult question for me. It's a okay. very clear answer. It is Marie Marie Curie. Oh, she, really? She, okay. Yeah, she was in the 19th century, and she lived in a in a time where women were not uh, having the kind of respect they have now. Right. In spite of that, she won not one Nobel Prize but two. Correct. She became the first woman to win a Nobel Prize. She became the first person to have two Nobel prizes. and the only person to win two nobel prizes in two different disciplines different right. scientific disciplines that is right, right. physics and chemistry of course afterwards there was one more one more but he won he won in uh, one in scientific and the other was a peace prize Correct. so marie curie's record even now it remains so it's hugely inspiring for uh, any woman scientist i would say Okay. so i just <laughs> she's uh, the one for me <laughs> all right so now you mentioned about you know how uh, tough it was for women in the past and it's still a little tough maybe not as much as in the 19th century but there are limitations for women to pursue their dreams right so if you are to give a message to the many aspiring uh, space scientists out there uh, especially women uh, what would it be Uh, what i would say is see it's uh, applicable for women as well as for men that we have to identify what really uh, what shall i say what is your passion okay. just follow your passion and then uh, you are uh, sure to gain great heights and but you have to keep yourself abreast of the happenings because things right. keep changing so fast there are disruptive technologies which are coming and uh, it's it's actually not true only of space it is true of every domain of life you, i'm sure you agree here yeah. you yourself are pursuing your passion correct so <laughs> so that's it but, but for women the there are still challenges 
uh, we cannot uh, we cannot say that everything is uh, perfectly fine as far as women are concerned they have to believe in themselves i feel they have to push beyond the comfort zone not be afraid of anything just go ahead and uh, definitely fortune will favor you all right so that's the word follow your passion and you will achieve your dreams so thank you so much for joining us today dr lalitha ampiga it was an honor to have you on news break podcast this is on manorama's news break an explainer podcast produced by harita benjamin which is me with technical production by idea brew studios it comes out every week and is available on all podcast platforms do follow on manorama.com for more updates Thank you.